And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yo, yo, welcome to another episode of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Yovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And I thought that we, we had to address LeBron James' injury and the short and long-term implications of what that could mean for the Lakers and just get into uh, some, some early thoughts, right? Because we, we still don't know the severity of the situation. We don't know how long he's going to be out. As of right now, he is out indefinitely, but that could be a couple weeks. That could be eight weeks. That could be anywhere in between. It seems like that's the general range for a high right ankle sprain. Uh, so that, that you know, that's the difference between missing six, seven games and missing, uh, you know, 25, 30 games. So I think for the Lakers in the long term, I'm going to start big picture here. As long as LeBron is back and healthy and Anthony Davis is back and healthy, I think that they're in a good position regardless of seeding, right? Like th- this is a weird season with everything going on with COVID and, and the protocols and the testing. And we don't know, you know when things are going to fully reopen uh, across the country and when things are fully going to reopen across the NBA and are fans going to be back in every arena come playoff time or are they going to be packed to full capacity half capacity um, a larger capacity than the the current openings in, in certain arenas like we, we don't know that yet so if there ever was a season in which home court advantage didn't matter as much you know as I've repeatedly said on this podcast and, and written about I do think it's this season Now, I reject the premise that home court advantage does not matter at all. I do think it's not ideal for the Lakers to have to potentially go three series on the road now, depending on how far they they fall in the standings. But, I mean, it's just that's the current reality right now, right? Like, you you can't, you know, Kyle Kuzma said it uh, yesterday, like, we can only control what we can control, right? Like, we, we can't. If LeBron's out for a while, like LeBron's out for a while, you, you can't change that. So for the Lakers, I think, you know, you, you always have to look at the optimistic side of things, right? Like, <laughs> otherwise you're going to lose hope. And I think that the, the optimistic side, of course, is just LeBron's out for a couple of weeks, you know, misses a few games. Maybe they drop a few games, uh, but but he comes back and, and they're able to regain their footing in the standings and, and maybe end up in that four or five matchup or, or something like that. Uh, I think, you know, the optimistic long-term view, though, is that as long as LeBron and AD are healthy, the Lakers will have the two best players in any playoff series, at least in the West, that they're playing, and arguably in the NBA. Like, I, I guess, you know, the, the Nets, uh, you could throw KD or, or Harden in there, uh, the, the, you know, the Sixers Embiid, the, the, the Bucks, Giannis, uh, but, but, and then, you know, the Clippers, Kawhi. Uh, so, so there are some teams where that might not fully be true. Like Portland, Dame, you know, Warriors, Steph. Like, but 
for the most part, the Lakers Lakers have the best player in the series in LeBron. And there's gonna there's more series than not that they're gonna have the second best player in the series in AD. So I, I think that is the most encouraging thing where it's just sure they, they might start the first two games of the series on the road, and maybe there's you know more six game series than five game series, and they don't have as dominant of a playoff run. But I do think as long as those two guys are healthy, this you know in, in a way could end up being a, a positive where you're getting Dennis and Trez and and Kuz and uh, and, and THT and, and Alex and KCP and Wes and Keith these reps without LeBron and AD to establish a identity without those guys to establish reps and, and possessions and and just a sample size a body of work without those guys that you know similar to kind of what what the Spurs would do in the regular season when they did do their load management or, or when a guy was out you know they maximized that time with experimenting with things with putting guys in in interesting positions that they wouldn't normally be in so i do think like silver lining wise of course best case scenario is the lakers are the one seed they have home court advantage throughout uh not just the west playoffs but the entire playoffs and uh they have the easiest road there and everyone's healthy and it's you know it's great it's it's everything is peachy keen like you know cool that's just not happening though, right? So, uh, you know, I think the the one seed is probably out of the picture now. Two seed might be out of the picture now. Three seed might honestly be out of the picture now, depending on how long uh, Le- LeBron's out. But long term, big picture, I think there is some optimism as long as LeBron and AD are healthy and and, and back, right? Uh, just let AD rest up, let LeBron rest up, come back in April, you know, late April, early May, whenever they come back, and just get ready for the playoffs, have that last two, three weeks of the regular season to gear up for the postseason. And and, and that should be the focus of this team. Uh, now, long-term, of course, concern is the Lakers dropping in the standings, which is going to make the, the playoff road tougher. And, and, you know, potentially, like if they somehow got into like the seven, eight seed range, uh, you know, well, first off, you're, you're playing in the play-in tournament where you know, anything could happen. You know, you, you have a cold streak, a team is playing out of their mind, like the way Portland was last season uh, in, in the bubble, like that could end your season, right? Like you, you just have to lose two games in a row. And I think the Lakers, of course, if they somehow got into the play-in game, you know, would probably just win and, and, and you know, be the seven or eight seed. But I, you know, you just leave it up to chance. So there, there is that risk. And then there is the risk of, you play like Utah on the road in round one, uh, you know Denver on you know on the road in round two, and then like the Clippers or the Suns in the conference finals on the road. And you know, Clippers, of course, Staples Center. It's it's not really a road matchup for the Lakers, but that could be you know Utah, Denver, Phoenix. Like that is a pretty grueling stretch all on the road. Uh, so I think that is a long term concern. And then of course. You know, is LeBron and AD now because I, I think like you know th- their health is sort of linked uh, to to an extent just in terms of you know the Lakers really need both they, they they can do it without I think they could do it without AD and with LeBron and not do it I, I guess not win a championship but but at least be a competitive team that could make some noise in the playoffs with LeBron and no AD the other way around I, I don't think you know. If it's AD and no LeBron, I think they're probably losing in the first round. But um, 
depending on the matchup. But I, I, I think the, the long-term concern here really is, you know, if these two guys aren't healthy and or one of them isn't healthy, you are losing your championship, I think, window this season, right? Like, I just don't think the Lakers are a contender if LeBron and AD aren't healthy. This team is not designed, for as deep as this team is, for as versatile as they are, they don't have that, like, next high-level score. And, um, you know, I know Dennis and, and, and Trez and and maybe Talon and, and Kyle can do some of that in the regular season, but... Trez has really struggled in, in the playoffs. Like, go back and look at his his playoff numbers, his that rating and on off, and um, like he's not had the the best postseasons. You know, we know about last season, but even go back to the Golden State series. Uh, uh, you know, in, in 2019, the Clippers were better when Trez was on the bench than when he was on the court. You know, the Clippers are actually at their best with Jermichael Green as a small ball five. Um, so, so Trez has a a, a small body of, of playoff work but a, a small body of non-successful playoff work looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Dennis has more been a sixth man, you know, a, a seventh man, and has not really been in this starting point guard role uh, where, where, you know, he, he doesn't have the keys to the offense because that's LeBron, but is kind of the secondary guy. Um, and, and, you know, like, so th- th- there's some, uh, just unknown with, with how Dennis is going to perform. And then, you know, Kuz was solid, obviously last year in the playoffs, uh, and, and, and Talon, you know, had this, some moments in that rocket series, but you know, he's basically a 20 year old, um, you know, that that's being thrust into a bigger role now. So I just don't, they, they don't have that third star, that third guy that I, I think they definitely have better options than last season. Uh, but, you know, last season, LeBron and AD were relatively healthy, right? Like, you know, AD was a bit banged up in the postseason, but obviously not to the extent that it really affected his numbers. I mean, his, his postseason numbers were great. And I just think that is really the, the only long-term concern. It, it, it's the seeding and it's the just, if these guys aren't healthy, this team is not winning the championship this season. And I know that's a bit reductive, but I, I do think, you know, without LeBron and AD, this is a lottery team. I, I think we're about to see this for potentially a couple weeks because, we still don't know when AD is coming back. Like that's kind of the, the the other wild card here is we didn't know when AD was going to be back. He's going to be reevaluated next week, but that doesn't mean he's going to be back. Like if I had to guess, he's out at least a couple more weeks. Like I, I think next week when they say the reevaluation, it's probably going to be another week or two on top of that. So I, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Lakers play and perform over the next two, three, four weeks depending on how long AD is out and depending on how long LeBron is out. Now, that, that brings me to the short term. So let, let's talk about the short term. So I, I think the, the seeding, optimistically, I, I, I don't think there's much uh, in the short term. Uh, I, you know, I, I guess AD coming back within the next couple of weeks would, would be an optimistic thing. I think the Lakers, I guess, pulling off maybe an upset win or two what uh, would be an uh, a you know optimistic thing? I'm pulling up the schedule right now just to to kind of go through some games. 
So they have Phoenix later today, which I think is going to be a tough game. It's a back-to-back. It's a traveling game from LA to Phoenix. And it's a game coming off of an emotional 24 hours for the Lakers where, uh, you know, they, they lost LeBron. I think there was a, a shell-shocked element uh, in that Atlanta game. You, know, you, you saw them. Once I think it, it kind of hit them, like he got injured in the beginning of the second quarter. Um, so, so for those who, you know, maybe I should have said this earlier, but for those who didn't see the play or don't really know what happened, you know, LeBron sprained his ankle, uh, had a, a collision with Solomon Hill or Solomon Hill, you know, LeBron got fouled. Uh, the ball was kind of loose and Solomon Hill dove for the ball. Uh, afterward, Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder called it, you know, not a basketball play that they felt it was unnecessary. Uh, Solomon Hill, uh, you know, sort of apologized and clarified on, on Twitter that he would never do something like that to another player. He would never disrespect the game. That LeBron knows that, and that's all that matters to him. Uh, but that I guess he was getting ripped in his DMs. Uh, and then you know, LeBron immediately crumpled to the floor, collapsed, uh, held his his right leg. Um, you know, at first I thought it was a knee injury. I, I was sitting like 200 feet away, and I just heard, I saw it happen. And I saw LeBron fall, just thud, just, you know, boom, right on the on the hardwood. I heard a, a loud yell, which you just never hear from LeBron. Like, you'll, you'll hear him over-exaggerate contact, driving, and, and one, you know. And uh, that, that's something you'll, you'll hear from him. But this was at a decibel level of this was loud. And I was like, oh, no, he just tore his knee. He just tore his Achilles. He just broke something. Like, this is really bad. And... You know, he, he was clutching his leg, kind of rolled over a bit, you know, was moving off the court. And then as LeBron does, he got up, walked to the bench, stretched it out a bit, tied his shoe. And we've seen this movie a few times a season, right? Like, you know, he, he sprained his ankle against the Clippers in the first game and he's been playing on a bum ankle. Um, you know, he's, he's been on the injury report at every game. Uh, and it just, you know, LeBron like gets injured. Uh, just gets up, uh, dusts himself off, reties his shoe a little bit tighter, and, and goes back in the game. And he did that. You know, he he did that. He, he went back in the game. He hit that three. But then on that next defensive possession, he clearly couldn't move. And then on on the next trip down, you know, uh, asked Frank to call a timeout. Frank, I guess, didn't understand or didn't see it. So LeBron actually went to the ref. And if you look at the film, LeBron was the one who called the timeout and, and was clearly in pain. Walked off the floor, walked toward the locker room, knocked over a metal chair on his way there. And and that's when, for me, it was like, I, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is not good. But then he came back in. He hits the three. And, and then I was like, okay, maybe he's going to be fine. Like, this guy's just a superhuman. He's a cyborg. Uh, but, but then, you know, he calls a timeout, walks off, visibly frustrated, knocks over the chair. And to me, that was when the... You know, red flag came up. The the alarm bell went off for me because I was like, for LeBron to, you know, first have that reaction to the injury, try to play through it, clearly can't, and then to have to call a timeout and just walk straight to the locker room and knock over the chair and clearly be upset. Like, we don't see those types of reactions from LeBron with injuries. We just don't. And I think, like, on the one hand, you could argue any type of injury because LeBron is so durable and just never gets injured will upset him, right? Even the smallest injury. It could be a minor ankle sprain and he just knows I'm going to miss a week, 
two weeks, three weeks, you know, a few games, and that's upsetting to him because of how much of a competitor he is, how durable he is, how much he wants to be there every night for his team. That's one side of it. But the other side is he could also know it's more serious. And again, we still don't know the severity. We just know he's out indefinitely. So there is a range depending on is it a grade one sprain? Is it a grade two sprain? Is it a grade three sprain? Like that really matters. And is this a two to three week injury or is this a six to eight week injury, right? Like we we still don't know how long he's going to be out or even a projected timetable. So hopefully we get some type of clarity maybe tonight, uh, sometime next week, but it it could be, you know, another week or so until we really know uh, or, or until the Lakers decide to disclose it you know, what the status of LeBron is um, f- for the time being. But so that that, that was kind of the what, what happened, what transpired on, on Saturday. And I think, again, in the short term, uh, there, there isn't much to be optimistic about uh, besides Anthony Davis returning. You know, I, I think I, him coming back in the next couple of weeks would help. Um, as far as pessimism, I, I do think the Lakers are going to lose a lot of games and, and this brings me back to the schedule so you got at phoenix at new orleans uh home philly home cleveland home uh, uh, orlando home milwaukee at sacramento at the clippers at toronto and then now you, you got this seven game uh road streak which is when if ad is not back by that seven game road uh road trip that that's gonna be tough uh that's a pretty tough trip it's at Sacramento, at the Clippers, at the Raptors, at Miami, at Brooklyn, at New York, at Charlotte. Uh, and you, you you thought half that trip was going to be easy, right? With uh, New York and, and Charlotte. But that trip is, is is tough. Like, aside from Sacramento, those are all playoff teams right now. You know, uh, of course, the Clippers, but the, the Raptors, the Heat, the Nets, like, those are three, you know, solid teams, especially in Miami and Brooklyn, two contenders. You know, Brooklyn might be the best team in the league right now. Uh, and New York and, and Charlotte aren't pushovers. Like, those two teams are solid. So I think that that is going to be a really tough seven-game trip. Uh, and then you get back, and it doesn't get much easier with Boston, Utah twice, Dallas twice. Uh, a little bit of, you know, a pretty easy stretch, Orlando, Washington, Sacramento. But, like, the Lakers have a, a tough slate for the next 15 or so games, you know, all games that could come without Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James. So, you know, if this team goes three and 12, right. Or, or four and 11 or, or two and 13, like, I, I don't know the, 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 you know, the, the one, one of the mysteries this season that, that I've talked about so much has been the Lakers just lose the LeBron, the, the non LeBron minutes every game, you know, it's, it's really a trend uh, this season, they have a minus one three point. Uh, I mean, uh, a minus three point one net rating without LeBron on the floor. Without LeBron and AD, it's minus three point three, and without AD, and uh, you know, with AD rather and LeBron uh, off, it's minus five point nine. So they're actually worse with in the AD minutes that LeBron is off than the non AD minutes that LeBron is off. Um, now, I, I think the Lakers will bet against that trend, as I wrote uh, f- for The Athletic. Like, y- you'll bet against that. You, you want AD, obviously. Like, you-, you want the top 10 player, borderline top 5 player. You will take that over not having that guy and screw the data. Like, that- that's one of those times you just say, screw the data. You want AD on the floor. 
we will rebuild our identity around AD and and figure that out. But you'd rather have AD than not AD. Like that's just it's non-negotiable. It's a no-brainer. Um, so I think AD coming back will will help. But again, we don't know when that's going to be. So if he's getting reevaluated sometime next week and is going to be out at least another week, if not two, like that would put him at returning midway through either right before the road trip or midway through the road trip. And uh, again, like if, if he's out for that time, like do you feel confident against a LeBron and AD list Laker team against the Suns today? I don't think so. Now, maybe I'll sound stupid in a few hours when, when the Lakers upset the Suns, but uh, no. At New Orleans, honestly, no. Like, no. Uh, I, I, you know, I think that it's, it's a winnable game, but I don't feel confident in it. Uh, home versus Philly, no. E- even without Embiid, no. Um, Cleveland and Orlando, I think those are winnable games. Uh, Milwaukee, no. Uh, at Sacramento, I think that's a winnable game, as we saw before the All-Star break. At the Clippers, no. At the Rapper, uh, at the Raptors, maybe, but probably not. At Miami, at Brooklyn, no, no. At New York, at Charlotte, maybe, maybe. Uh, like I don't, you know, they're. It's a tough stretch. It's a tough stretch. You know, you, you got again, uh, Phil, Phoenix, Philly, Milwaukee, Clippers, Heat, Nets. Like those are five, six of the top, you know, seven, eight teams in the league. Uh, and you're you're doing that without your two superstars. So I, I, I guess in the short term, I think the Lakers are going to take a few punches. I think they're going to get punched in the mouth. I think they're going to get punched in the stomach a few times. And I think they're going to hurl over and, and they're they're going to be against the ropes. And um, they, they just got to withstand a couple rounds without LeBron and AD. And um, I just turned this into a boxing podcast, but, uh, and I know nothing about boxing, so I'm, I'm just kind of making stuff up on the fly here, but, uh, I, I just, I think in the short term, there is going to be a, a step back. There's going to be some regression. I do not think that this team is built to withstand a LeBron and AD loss, right? Like few teams are built to withstand their two stars being out. And in the Lakers case, you know, their two stars are two way guys who do so much on both ends of the floor. The Lakers are 8.7 points per hundred possessions worse with LeBron off the floor offensively. They're 4.5 points per hundred possessions worse with LeBron off the floor defensively. His impact on both ends is so valuable. And that's why I made the case last podcast that I think he's the MVP. You know, the list of guys in the MVP conversation with a better net rating differential I believe is only Joel Embiid and Giannis Antetokounmpo. And aside from those two guys, LeBron is ahead of everyone else. So he is so valuable to this team. And it really rests on, on LeBron even more so than AD. So I think in the short term, are going to lose a bunch of games, depending on how long AD's out, you know, plummet in the standings. But long term, big picture, which is what matters for the Lakers. If they're the sixth seed, but they won the championship, we're not going to look at this season any differently. It's going to be they won the championship. And if anything, it's going to be more impressive because they won the championship as a sixth seed. So the regular season, it does matter. I think for me, a big concern is continuity, chemistry, just having reps, certain lineups and rotations. But as Kuzma said, you can only control what you can control. You have to make the best of the situation. And I think for the Lakers, it's now just focusing on the playoffs. And, you know, unfortunately for LeBron, the, the MVP is probably out of the picture now, you know, barring only like a two week absence. I think if he misses any longer than two weeks, it's really going to hurt his MVP case. So that is probably an issue for him. But aside from that, like as long as LeBron and AD are healthy come mid-May, uh, I, I think you, you still like this team's odds to, to figure it out in a playoff series. You know, we, we saw how they adapted in series, what, what Frank Vogel 
and his coaching staff were able to do after having a game one to digest things and really make adjustments. Uh, and, and Frank is not afraid to bench guys. He's not afraid to close with the best five. He's not afraid to start the best five. I think we should still be confident in Frank Vogel's coaching ability. You know, I, I know some people, some people have been up and down on Frank. Um, you know, I'm sure people are going to have issues with his rotations and, and this and that coming, you know, moving forward. But just, you know, I think Lakers are in a fine position so far as these are not supposed to be long-term season-ending injuries. Uh, and again, as long as AD and, and LeBron are back, I think they'll be okay. But those are some early thoughts from me. Um, I'd be very curious to think, uh, to, to hear what you guys think. So, um, you know, be sure to let me know on, on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, uh, on The Athletic, uh, in the comment section. I just wrote my early thoughts. You know, I, I think Dennis is going to be more involved in the offense, obviously, uh, as a high pick and roll practitioner. I think Trez is going to get a, a steady dose of post-ups, face-ups, but also pick and roll opportunities. Uh, Talon is going to be a pick and roll guy. Secondary action, you know, attacking from the weak side. Uh, Kuz is going to be more involved. Might get a couple of ISOs, uh, but but also coming off screens and cuts. Uh, Mar- Markeith Morris is going to get some post-ups, apparently, uh, as we saw yesterday against Atlanta. Uh, but, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the, the fear is that six-minute stretch to start the third quarter where the Lakers did not score, went 0 for 11, had three turnovers, were blocked multiple times, like, and, and that's against a Hawks defense that is 15th in the NBA. They're just, you know, middle of the pack, as average as it gets. And they were able to shut down the Lakers, uh, just pack the paint, dare their shooters to shoot. And the Lakers could not make shots and, and, and could not get to the rim. So I think that is the, that is the concern in the short term of just what the offense is going to look like. But I am very, very interested in that. You know, I'm interested to see, does Frank change the starting lineup? Uh, you know, what kind of adjustments does he make to, to kind of, uh, replace some of the offense and playmaking from LeBron and AD, and, and you know you, you can't fully replace it. But we'll, you know what's his strategy there? Um, I'm interested in that. But uh, you know I think I don't want to end this on doom and gloom. I think that it is it's unfortunate for the Lakers, but I don't think this is season ending. As long as LeBron's injury is not season ending, I think they'll they'll be okay. The, the road is harder. There's no doubt about that. You know you you can't deny that. Um, they are now le- most likely going to have at least two playoff series on the road in the West, uh, you know, playoffs leading up to the finals if they get there. Uh, and, and that's unfortunate. You know, home court advantage might be out of the picture. But I, I, I'm, you know, if, if you guys want to pick against LeBron and AD in a playoff series, go for it. I, I'm not going to do that. You know, a- until they lose, I'm going to continue to pick those two. So that's my strategy. But obviously, um, you know, to each their own. But uh, I just want to give you guys some early thoughts, some some kind of now that I've been able to, to have some thoughts process and, and write about it and think about it. Um, that's where I'm at. But again, let me know what you think uh, on social media or uh, on the athletic uh, comment section. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Uh, if you, you've not subscribed to this podcast yet, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, The Athletic. And if you've not subscribed to The Athletic, we currently have a $1 per month deal for six months. So be sure to sign up off of one of my stories. That helps me out. Uh, But thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I will be back after the New Orleans game on Tuesday. I will talk to you guys then. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.